0: Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Well, hello, friends. Pro-life leader Frank Pavone here, National Director of Priests for Life. Welcome to our daily scripture reflection and time of prayer. I want to pray for you. Let us all know how we can pray for you. Feel free to leave uh, whatever details you want in the comments about what your prayer intentions are so that we can lift each other up to the Lord during this special time together. Let's turn to him now in prayer. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. We thank you, Father, for bringing us into your presence and we thank you for your word commanding us to remember your mighty works. Do not forget the works of the Lord. You constantly told Your people, and Your Son, Jesus Christ, said to us, Do this in memory of Me, when He instituted the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist. Father, we remember. We remember Your deeds of setting Your people free. And Lord, we welcome that freedom into our present moment. We welcome that freedom into our lives. We welcome the new life of Christ. Enable us to live it with joy. Unto eternal life, we pray through the same Christ our Lord. Amen. Well, friends, that's what the reading brings us today. Let's get right into this passage from Ezekiel, uh, and I'm sorry, from Exodus, uh, chapter eleven into chapter twelve. Although Moses and Darren performed various wonders in Pharaoh's presence, the Lord made Pharaoh obstinate, and he would not let the children of Israel leave his land. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall stand at the head of your calendar. You shall reckon it the first month of the year. Tell the whole community of Israel, Each one of your families must procure for itself a lamb, one apiece for each household. If a family is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join the nearest household in procuring one and shall share in the lamb in proportion to the number of persons who partake of it. The lamb must be a year old male and without blemish. You may take it either from the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the fourteenth day of this month, and then, with the whole assembly of Israel present, it shall be slaughtered during the evening twilight. They shall take some of its blood and apply it to the two doorposts and the lintel of every house in which they partake of the lamb. That same night they shall eat its roasted flesh with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. It shall not be eaten raw or boiled, but roasted whole, with its head and shanks and inner organs. None of it must be kept till beyond the next morning. Whatever is left over in the morning shall be burnt up. This is how you are to eat it. With your loins girt, sandals on your feet, and your staff in hand. You shall eat like those who are in flight. It is the Passover of the Lord. For on this same night I will go through Egypt, striking down every firstborn of the land, both man and beast, and executing judgment on all the gods of Egypt, I the Lord. But the blood will mark the houses where you are. Seeing the blood, I will pass over you. Thus, when I strike the land of Egypt, no destructive blow shall come upon you. This day shall be a memorial feast for you, which all your generations shall celebrate with pilgrimage to the Lord as a perpetual institution. The Word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Friends, as we reflect on this reading, two key words Passover. memorial do not forget the works of the Lord the Passover that our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate to this day and that was established here by God himself is to remember the freedom that God brought them by setting them free from Egypt freedom by his mighty hand not by their accomplishment they had to be obedient But his freedom, reaching down, sending signs and wonders and plagues on the Egyptians to convince Pharaoh to let God's people go because God had heard the cry of his people who were being oppressed. Freedom! And they were to remember that event. Even the way that they ate the meal, they had to eat it with their staff in their hands like they're ready to flee because there wasn't time for the bread to be leavened. That's why they, eat, they use unleavened bread. There wasn't time for, for it to rise. And so they had to get out because the firstborn were being struck down, but they were being saved. Why? Because of the blood of the Lamb. What is this talking about? The whole Passover, the whole memorial, it is pointing to Christ. Christ. Do not forget the works of the Lord, because when the Messiah comes, you will see that those works were pointing to Him. And so He is the Lamb of God. The Lamb was to be eaten, its flesh roasted, and not a bone of it was to be broken. And this was fulfilled on the cross when the soldiers, seeing that Jesus was already dead, even though they had broken the legs of the criminals, crucified with Him, they did not break His legs a fulfillment, a detail from the Passover instructions that was fulfilled on Calvary. But more importantly, that the blood from that Lamb was put on the doorposts of the house and protected the people. Well, that happens to us, friends, when we invoke the blood of Christ on us, when we put faith in Him as our Savior, when we are baptized... His blood is protecting us from the very judgment that he is carrying out against the gods of Egypt, against Satan. He said he's going to execute judgment on the gods of Egypt. You know, this is an aspect of this whole... Reality that I want to focus on a little bit more than it is usually focused on. We can think of all these other symbols, the Lamb, the blood, but executing judgment on the gods. You know, in a sense, you read the Old Testament and the whole thing is an execution of judgment on the false gods. In fact, when God's people were brought into the Holy Land, they were warned, you know, the nations around you, they don't know me like you know me. They don't have a covenant with me. They worship false gods, so don't imitate them. You're the ones that know me. Blessed are we, O Israel, the prophet Zephaniah said, for what pleases God is known to us. What a beautiful thing to be able to rejoice in. We can say that even more. No one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son wishes to reveal Him. The Son has revealed the Father to us. We know God. As sons and daughters know their Father, we know God in Christ like no one else knows Him. We rejoice in that. Now, the Israelites unfortunately did mingle with the other nations, did imitate their practices, including killing their sons and daughters, which is what abortion is today. They sacrificed their sons and daughters to idols, to demons. Do not imitate these practices. Do not worship these false gods. God said he's going to execute judgment on the gods of Egypt. In other words, showing them to be false. There is no God but me, the Lord said repeatedly. In fact, that's the first commandment, isn't it? Know that I am the Lord your God. You shall not have other gods besides me because they are things of naught. They are empty. They are false. There's only one God, and that's where we find our freedom. Executing judgment So what Elijah did. Remember when he gathered the prophets of Baal? Now, Baal, by the way, was the one that those who were practicing the killing of children, like we do today by abortion, were worshiping. And Elijah said, if the Lord is God, worship him. If Baal is God, then worship him, but decide today. Don't straddle the fence. Don't try to have it both ways. And he challenged the fake prophets, call on your God and let him bring down fire from heaven. And they called and nothing happened. And when he called on the true God, the fire came down. Executing judgment on all the gods. Jesus Christ refers to this. Let's look at Corinthians, uh, Colossians. rather. Paul writes to the Colossians. And in chapter 2, we read the following in, uh, in verse 13. And you who were dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, God made alive together with Him, having forgiven us all our trespasses. By canceling the record of debt that stood against us with all its legal demands, these He set aside... Nailing it to the cross, He disarmed the rulers and authorities and put them to open shame by triumphing over them in Him. Powerful passage from Colossians 2, looking there at verses 13 to 15. The Passover foreshadowed Christ, obviously, not only in the Lamb, not only in the blood, not only in protecting the people from the angel of death, but by executing judgment on the false gods. In Jesus' case, executing judgment on Satan himself, and when he said to his apostles in another place, I saw Satan falling down from heaven like lightning. This is what the kingdom of God means. Remember the whole the story of the strong-armed man? He won't let his house be, be, uh, be raided. If I cast out demons by Beelzebub, by whom do your people cast them out? Jesus said, I'm casting out the devil. He cannot take possession anymore of my people. There's so many passages that refer to this. Remember Jesus said, I'm the good shepherd. I take care of my sheep. I protect them. There is no snatching them out of my hand. So he's executing judgment on Satan himself. Now, I, he sums this up in many different places, but I want to just go to one of them. John's Gospel, chapter 12, says it very dramatically. Let me just go there. Oh, here we go. John, chapter 12, uh, starting with verse um, 27. My soul is troubled, Jesus said. And what shall I say? Father, save me from this hour. Speaking about the coming hour of his passion. But for this purpose I came to this hour. Father, glorify your name. And then a voice came from heaven. I have glorified it and will glorify it again. The crowd that stood there heard it and said that it had thundered. Others said, An angel has spoken to him. And Jesus answered, This voice has come for your sake, not mine. And here's the key verse. Now is the judgment of this world. Now will the ruler of this world be cast out. And I, when I am lifted up from the earth, will draw all people to myself. In Christ, in the Passover, of the New Covenant, we have judgment on Satan. No longer, Jesus says to him, will you have destructive power over the works of my hand. I have created human beings in my own image. They fell under your dominion by the lie that you told them you will be like God's. That original sin got handed down. But now I am stepping in and I am snatching them back out of your hand and I am taking possession of them as my own people. In fact, I am filling them with my life and making them my sons and daughters and you have no more authority over them. The Passover and the executing of judgment on the gods of Egypt is fulfilled in Jesus Christ exercising judgment on the prince of this world. And there's one more step after that. Memorial, when our Jewish brothers and sisters celebrate Passover to this day, they understand this, they take hold of this, what I'm about to say, and Jesus Of course, instituting for us the Eucharist helps, lets us take hold of it whereby we're not just remembering something that happened in the past. As we remember it, we are experiencing it in the present. Why? Because the God who made all this happen is with us, He's eternal and He's with us today. And the freedom that He gives us, He didn't just give us at some point in the past, it's freedom that we're called to take part in now. The victory of life, the protection of life, the victory of grace over sin, reigning in Christ and conquering temptation. So the freedom that we have, the freedom that God's people have from the Passover, the freedom we have in Jesus Christ is possessed by us now. And remembering is not just pointing to the past, it's pointing to the present. And it's pointing to an even more glorious future. Next year in Jerusalem, as our brothers and sisters in the Jewish faith say, in eternal life with Christ in the resurrection, we say, and there's one more passage I want to show you in regard to this, and it's 2 Corinthians 2. What's being conveyed here is that we are participants in this triumphant judgment of Christ over Satan. And all the, all the evils that Satan brings, death, sin, darkness, error, falsehood, division, rivalries, oppression, abortion. It's a passage about triumph in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 2, starting with verse 14. Let me just put it here. 2 Corinthians 2. 14 and following. Listen to these glorious words. Because again, it's, it's the fulfillment of the Passover. And it's our participation now in the triumph of Christ. Paul writes, Thanks be to God, who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession, and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of Him everywhere. He's, he's, he's taking a comparison with these triumphant Roman processions when there was a conquest and they would triumph, they would lead around, they would lead the captives in the procession too, and there would be the aroma, the aroma of victory for the conquerors, or aroma of death for the, for the captives. But he leads us in this triumphal procession. Listen to what Paul goes on to say He through us, he spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere, for we are the aroma of Christ to God among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing, to one a fragrance from death to death, to the other a fragrance from life to life, who is sufficient for these things. For we are not like so many peddlers of God's word, but as men of sincerity, commissioned by God in the sight of God, we speak in Christ. So we are, we are in a triumphant procession the new humanity, new creations in Christ, spreading His grace, spreading His truth, spreading His word, spreading His kingdom, sharing eternal life even now, overcoming sin, overcoming injustice, overcoming evils like abortion. We are in a triumphal procession. Every day we are victors. And we're going from glory to glory. And we are marching towards an eternal victory. And yes, there's a real battle now. Because Satan has still... Limited power. It's limited. He's ultimately conquered. But there's still a real battle going on. The battle over abortion is very real. The battle over disbelief and Satan trying to lead people astray is very real. But We are in a triumphal procession of freedom in Christ. So, I hope these reflections are helpful. Let's turn back to the Lord in prayer. Father, receive the petitions of all Your people because no matter what afflicts us or oppresses us, we are in triumphal procession with Christ. We rejoice in that today. We ask You to help us be spreaders of Your kingdom and, Lord, victors over evil and death. And we pray as Jesus taught us, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be Thy name. Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Let's pray to our Heavenly Mother. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen. Thanks friends. Please spread the word about these scripture reflections and please make sure you are following me. Let's see if we have any more room on this board. at F R Frank Pavone on social media at frfrankpavone. Connect with me on all the major platforms. You may be watching me on one or another of them right now, but let's connect everywhere on social media. Let's encourage one another, and we'll be praying for you. We'll talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.